Welcome to Horsefly Chronicles Radio with Julia and Philip Siracusa. Sponsored by Carnation. Airing live on United Public Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. This show's opening has been produced, edited, narrated by Gwen Luckett at gluckett.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday night segment of Horsefly Chronicles Radio with myself, Julia Syracusa, and Phil Syracusa. We are broadcasting live from the United Paranormal Radio Network on 105.3 FM and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. We're, we are fully sponsored by Carnation, so we want to thank them for their sponsorship. You'll have to do a few things in order to participate in chat. Go to YouTube, UFO Paranormal Radio. You could go into all the Facebook stations, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, UFO Undercover with Joe Montaldo, News on the Flip Side, Twitch, SoundCloud, Podbeam, and of course, um, our group, Horsefly Chronicles Radio. And if you have any questions for our guest, please ask. So tonight, guys, we are back again for part two of our roundtable talk. So we have, please welcome to the show, Vanessa Hogel, Chanel Gartney, um, Reverend Dan Todd, and joining us tonight, welcome back to the show, Bobby J. Gallo. So guys, thank you all for coming back tonight. Um, how is everybody tonight? <laughs> Good, thank you for having me back. Thank you for coming back. You are always so much fun to have on. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, I don't know, guys. I, I really kind of want to like take it from the end, but before we do that, let's just do. Let's everybody just introduce themselves again, if they can. Did Vanessa? We lose her. Uh, I think we did. Yeah. All right. Let me pop. Okay. Hold on. There she is. Back. No. There she is. Here you go. Hello. Okay, good. Hi. Can you? Okay, hi. So, just everybody, introduce yourselves really fast, just so the the listeners, if they don't know who you are, or if they forget, who wants to go first? Bobby, you go first. <laughs> okay. Uh, my name is Bobby J. Gallo, and I've been a paranormal researcher since 1989. And um, around 12 years ago, I started a paranormal investigative team with my own family, my wife and my two daughters. And uh, we've traveled all over the country to some of the most haunted locations in America. Uh, the, the, the evidence that we've gathered over the years has been so intense. I actually wrote two books about it. Uh, family Spirits, The Adventures and Evidence of Gallo Family Ghost Hunters, which hit number three on Amazon in the adventure travel category. And then Family Spirits 2, more recently, Purpose in the Paranormal. So um, I'm here to uh, give any, you know, any information that I can. Okay. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, Ch Chanel. Hi, I'm Chanel Gortney. I'm the co-founder of Elite Vixen Paranormal. We are an all-female paranormal team based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and we're coming up on five years as a team. So, so excited to be here again. Thank you. Vanessa. Vanessa. She can't hear Sorry, y'all just keep cutting it's okay. out. It's so bizarre. Okay. Um, it's just my energy. Um, hi, I'm Vanessa Hogel. Um, I'm an author working on book eight now. Um, all previous seven books written in the paranormal genre um, and uh, world traveler, make documentaries, things along those lines. So lots of fun. Yay. And I read tarot when I'm a psychic. So there you go. Yes. <laughs> Reverend Tan, tell us about yourself. I'm Reverend Dan Todd. I am the pastor exorcist for St. Benedict's Anglican Church, as well as an exorcist in the Sacred Order of St. Michael's Order of Exorcists. Okay, I got that right this time. Um, I've been in the paranormal field for the last, uh, I don't know, 23 years, 24 years. Uh, I've had many um, things happen to me, including a partial possession out in Gettysburg. So I've been, I've been around a little bit. Phil, you want to tell us about yourself? <laughs> well, hi. I'm the co-host of Horsefly Chronicles Radio. And if you don't know me, you better get off the air now. Let's <laughs> <laughs> add a little humor to this. So, nice. you know, Bobby, I'm going to start with the first question for you because okay. you weren't here last week. Um, so we kind of like tackled a lot of topics, but the, the main topic, as you know, um, I, I want to ask you first, um, how would you approach someone who... I guess doesn't really believe in anything at all after death. Like, how would you handle that topic? And have you can't come across anybody that is, I want to say, an, an atheist that just is, it believes like, you know, when you're, when you die, it's like, it's lights out. Like, how would you approach that topic? Well, it's very difficult because the bottom line is anybody who is an out and out atheist, and I also like to call them materialists, nihilists. Um, there's so many things that actually fit that genre. There's a lot of people that are actually atheists, which means they don't believe in God, but they do believe in an afterlife. Personally, I don't know how that works, but, mm -hmm. um, uh, but for the, for the purposes of this discussion, I, I try to tell them, look, you know, there's been a belief in an afterlife in every culture, in every civilization since the beginning of recorded human history. And a lot of these cultures had literal or no contact with one another. I believe there's an innate belief in not only a higher power, but the sense that we go on after death. Because if you look at a lot of these cultures across the world, there's, there's very similar, um, there, there's, there's very similar uh, things that you'll, you, you could identify with each. Um, and I think that they all try to understand it in their own way. So to say, and also look, look, let's, let's face it. There's a difference. They say the atheist will say there's no proof of an afterlife. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's true. There's no scientific proof, but there are mountains of evidence and evidence and proof are two entirely different things. There is enough evidence for the paranormal and the afterlife to win in a court of law. Um, you know, just on anecdotal evidence alone. I mean, anecdotal evidence is called evidence for a reason. So when you look 
at all of the evidence that has spanned thousands of years over the millennia and you put it all together, just use the law of averages. E, all it takes is for one encounter, one apparition, one experience to be genuine and you've proven it all. So if you now say I have all of these thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of pieces of evidence, experiences, I could go on and on and on. Um, I think saying that there is no validity to any of it is much more far-fetched than saying that it exists. I agree. I second that. Absolutely. Does anyone have anything to add to that? Um, In all honesty, I mean, while I appreciate the question and I think it's a good one, I've had plenty of people come to me and be like, well, you know, they're, they're agnostic or atheist or, or, or whatever it is, you know, that they believe in. And I don't, I don't mean to sound weird, but it's not my job to convince them otherwise, because in in the grand scheme of things. Can I quickly add one quick thing to this? I believe that a lot of people Mm -hmm. secretly do believe, even the people that profess to be atheists and materialists. I think a lot of them secretly suffer from um, psychological conditions such as phasmophobia or spectrophobia. I think they actually don't want to believe. I think they're so terrified of ghosts and and the prospect of an afterlife. And I was actually told that by one, that that the prospect of becoming uh, uh, a spirit that had no material form was terrifying to him. He would rather just die. Um, so I think there's more people than we think that actually suffer from these conditions, which is why sometimes no matter how much evidence you present to someone like that, they will never believe because they don't want to believe. You're right. Absolutely. And go ahead, Vanessa. That kind of like goes a little bit of what you were saying, too. It's it's yeah. not my place to convince anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It, it isn't my place to convince anybody that one exists or one doesn't exist. Um, people ask right. me how I can believe in all of the things I believe in. And I tell them that I wish I had the same choice not to that they do. But considering what I've been a part of and done my entire life, I mean, starting at the age of the tender age of two, you know, there is, I don't have that option. You know, but you can lead that straight into the same question that I might have for somebody. And, you know, how could they possibly believe in heaven or hell when the thousands of dead people I have spoken to have literally not mentioned it once? Not once. Matter of fact, they have a, for the most part, let me know it is a two way street and they can come and go as they please. You know, so I I think, and that by no means me saying that is trying to cast shade on anybody else's belief system. Far from it. Um, that that's the beauty of free will and and the fact that we have our own minds and our own brains that we can use is we can choose what to believe and what not to believe, and nobody else needs to take the mantle on to convince us otherwise. That's true. And I I always I think say yeah, yeah, it's not our job to, um, you know, make other people see things the way that we see them. But it's just, I feel like it's a very interesting topic. And Oh, yeah. Well, I want to jump in real quick. Um, Vanessa hit on something. She said that she's 
talking to or spoken to thousands of, of I guess, souls, right, that have crossed over, and, no one, and they don't talk about heaven or hell. Now, that's interesting to me because then we flip the script and we talk about people who have near-death experiences who have been to heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question is, Reverend, do you think that they're stuck in the plane that they don't want to cross over to a light or go anywhere? They just want to be earthbound spirits, like Vanessa's describing it. Um, yeah, um, there are some that do, you know, the whole unfinished business thing. Um, I know my my mother passed away in 2015, and she haunts my house as well as my brother's house. In fact, my brother actually called me the other day saying that there was something in his house and wanted me to come down and look at it and check it out. But, um, you know, my mom is just looking after her grandchildren. You know, she never got to meet her, her grandchildren, so that's her way. This is her way of meeting, uh, you know of i guess babysitting them because that's what she would have done if she was alive um but you know the bible does say that ghosts don't exist that they're demons but god will allow family members to come down visit and all that so you know like i said last week the bible was written two thousand years ago when different times different you know stuff like that and times have changed through those 2,000 years. So, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, demons can can mimic anything that they want, you know. Um, in fact, I, I'm dealing with a case right now where one uh, posed itself as Jesus to somebody, and that's how that's one of the doors that, op- that got opened up. But, um, yeah, I mean, the whole unfinished business thing, I've had um, spirits tell me that over, over EVPs and and stuff, you know, ask them why they're here and use business or unfinished or something, you know, something would come over relating to that. Okay, uh, Reverend, I, I have a question topic. for you. I'm sorry, go ahead, Vanessa. Go ahead, Vanessa. Oh, Vanessa. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. On, okay. On that on that same on that same token, though. It, we and I, I totally understand, Reverend, what you're saying, and and I completely support your viewpoint on that. But when we look at it in that context, that is basing an entire population worldwide based on the the singular belief of a particular sector of religion. Right. <laughs> you know, people right. were living and dying long before the written word of man. Right. You know, they were coming and I'm not saying that you have to believe in. Right. I'm not saying, you know, you have to believe what I believe. You know, that's just, you know, that's how I was raised. That's, you know, that's my, Mm -hmm. that's my choice, my free will, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm actually in a heated conversation about that with one of these prosperity preachers right now on Facebook. But um, it's, you know, you're free to choose whatever you want. You know, you're free to worship whoever you want. You know, the Bible's says it you know you can worship whoever you want you know well not really i'm going to take that back god tells us to not worship any other deity yeah, say it doesn't him. <laughs> you know, other than him but yeah, at the same time it, it does happen jezebel worshiped um they call him mm-hmm. a god but i call him a demon the demon ball you know and mm-hmm. so 
you know, so there it's it's all about free will. You know, you choose you choose your own destiny. Uh, Re- Revan, I have a, a quick question for you, if you don't mind. Um, you you alluded to the, the saying that the Bible said that ghosts are demons. As, as far as I know, there are no passages in the Bible whatsoever that state that ghosts are demons. Um, um, and I'm, I, that's even the Catholic Bible that includes the seven books of the Apocrypha that that right. Luther threw out during the Protestant Reformation. I know that fundamentalists are very eager to say that all ghosts are demons, but they only what they do is they cite biblical verse that says the dead know nothing. So therefore, if there are ghosts, they must be demons. And and in the 1500s, there was this um, Protestant uh, reformist who actually wrote a book that stated stated such. And Mm -hmm. King James, who wrote the King James version of the Bible, picked this up and ran with it, which started actually the witch hysteria. but as far and, and I could see Chanel, she's she's shaking her head. <laughs> um, I could get the exact name of that book because I actually wrote an article on it. But it's demonology. Um, it's it's demonology. Uh, it's she's not good. that one. I know which one you're talking about. It's um of spirits that walk by night. I believe it's called um, by Ludwig. Um, I'll get the name for you. But anyway, be that as it may. Um. There's actually a history that can trace back why current Christians believe that ghosts are demons. For the first 1,500 years of the church, that wasn't the case. The church accepted the existence of ghosts. This is only right. within the past 500 years. Well, I said last week, um, and as I've said it numerous times, you know, uh, when Jesus walked on the water, the apostles thought he was a ghost. Exactly. So it just proves that, that yes, back then they're they did believe in ghosts and they did see ghosts. Um, you know, there's a couple other verses that I'm not really, I know them. I'm not, I don't like the way they're written. You know, that's why I use Jesus walking on water. But um, so as far as the, the whole demons versus ghosts thing, I don't know. I, you know, I choose to believe that ghosts are ghosts, demons are demons, you know, because of my personal experiences. Uh, Ludwig Lavater was his name. And um, you should really, this is a great book. And this just predates the King James version of the Bible. And I truly believe this is what started at all of that. It's called of ghosts and spirits walking by night. It was oh, written in 1596 okay. by Ludwig Lavater. Huh. I'll have to look, I'll have to uh, yep. look that up and purchase it. 15. Yeah. Well, it's, it's free. It's it's my collection over here. Reverend, it's public domain. You can you can download this for free. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's fifteen ninety six. It's free. It's for me. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Bill always says that. Oh my goodness! This is the book that started it all. Guarantee you. Um, I'll definitely check it out. Great. Um, I I want to talk about um the. Ch- the channeling spirits um, that we kind of like, we kind of like left the show between that. Um, and we were talking about possession. So let's talk about the difference uh, between channeling spirits and possession, because Vanessa said um, last, last week that when she channels, she has no memory of it. So it could it be, um, 
the channeling and the possession. Uh, what is there any like possible word I'm looking for? Uh, now you know. Yes. If you'll remember back, Julia, what I said. Um, at least I hope y'all heard it because I was clicking in and out in the beginning. I had absolutely no memory. I, I relied solely on witness accounts and the fact that I was ending up blocks and blocks and blocks away from where I started. Um, after this, after my second trip to Ireland, I was actually able to kind of learn, well, not after, during, kind of learn how to keep part of myself in there so that I was able to not only give them a voice, but I was able to understand the process a little bit myself and protect myself because I've, I mean, let's face it. I get hurt a lot. I get hurt a lot. Um, when I channel, um, my, my body goes through a beating and mm -hmm. it, it's, uh, it's a whole lot better when you know what's going on. <laughs> so, so you can kind of, you can stop that part of it. Okay. I can, I can at least give, give, the dead some semblance of a voice and and a way to express themselves without being a punching bag so i have learned yeah. that it just took me 50 years <laughs> only 50 years only <laughs> what are you gonna we do? haven't heard from, from um <laughs> chanel. Chanel. Yeah, Chanel, yeah, Chanel did say um, she kind of like put the um, science part in there and, and asked the question after after an exorcism, are you are you knocked out really quickly? And how would you kind of like get back after like being knocked out? I'm just going well, I've never done an exorcism, so <laughs> but I mean, I think that we were talking about last week. Now, y'all have slept a little bit since then um but like that come up when we were talking about like the chemical reactions that happen when like people have like that adrenaline rush yeah and all of that and you know like when you have a toddler who has a temper tantrum afterwards they're knocked out because they've drained like they've used so many chemicals in their brain to cause that temper tantrum or have that temper tantrum hmm? <laughs> not my four-year-old it <laughs> keeps going and going and going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. Um, but yeah, and I think that I was asking, like, I can't remember, Dan, if I had asked you if like your clients would go to sleep, or Vanessa, if I had asked you if you would go to sleep after channeling. Um, but I think I that I might have. Like I said, I slept yeah, a little bit. So forgive me. I mean, I can tell you for I I can tell you. Uh, case I was at Saturday night. Um, she, uh, she, we didn't have to do anything to get it to manifest. I mean, there's a pin that I have on my jacket here. It's a St. Benedict's medal. And it's kind of hard to see, but it's a mini St. Benedict's medal. And it was just sitting like it is now on the chair that I was sitting in and she was just staring at it and she didn't like it. And, um, then I gave her, I have a big one. Um, that that i give people and it manifested and she chucked that across the room but she um it when, when it manifests it drains her it drains her energy so when we were when i actually did say the saint uh leo the 13th prayer over her a couple times um it, it used her energy to try and fight me 
I mean, we started in the chair and we ended up on the floor. And um, but by the time we were done, I mean, she was physically just like could barely get herself off the floor. Yeah. So, I mean, they they do use your energy. They do use they do use everything. They use whatever they can get their their grubby little hands on. So was this an obsession or a full on possession? Um, I'm not sure if it's. I'm still trying to figure out if it's still if if it's a it's not a, it's a transient possession is what it is. It's not it's yeah. not a it's not a full possession. Um, it, it right. goes in and out. Um, and as far as how it manifests, it does, she definitely has the aversion to religious objects like the Saint okay. Benedict's medal. She chucked it across the room. Um, and then I uh. I snuck some holy water in her drinking water, and she drank that, and uh, it, she just went berserk after that. Mm. Uh, oh, so God. I mean, it, it was a, it was a, it was physical. I mean, um, unfortunately, we were in her house, so we had to stop at some point. Yeah, I know. So we, I have we, a question. Oh, sorry, ahead. Bobby. Nope. So, in a situation where you have to stop doing that, sorry, it's my own curiosity. How does that look? Like, what do you do? Are you just like, okay, well, we got to go now. See you. Bye. And let her sleep. Or like, what precautions do you take to protect her and her family? I'm really intrigued. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> everybody, everybody that's present gets anointed with oil um, as part, as part of protection. Um, as well as we say, you know, we say, say Michael prayer um, as well as the, the day before or the day of prior to, depending on, you know, time-wise. Um, like Saturday, you know, I went to church. I did a confession. Um, I sat, I did a mass uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday morning. I was off my schedule. Um, I had to think about that for a minute. Um, I went to, I also went to the church after confession and I prayed. I prayed to Jesus. I prayed for, to Mary. I prayed for the saints to, to help um, as well. And so I called on Mary, the saints, Jesus to, to work through me and help, help me drive whatever's in her out. Uh, we were able to get one out, which is, I call it a win. Um, and we were able to gain some information from it that we, we will definitely use against it. I ended up coming home with her bedroom mirror because it said it came out of her mirror. And when she's, when she we told her that she kind of freaked out and said, "Get it out of my house." Mm. So, did you get any names? Did you get a name? Mm-hmm. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, okay. We, okay. we were this, we didn't we didn't get the information until I would say around midnight or so, and at that point, people were sleeping in their apartments, so we didn't want to, you know, um, to actually do where we we have a church that a friend lets us use for um, these types of situations. So we don't have to worry about bothering anybody. And plus it's, it gives us more power over the entity um, in a church. So. I, I know I, I listened to the last. Um, podcast. No, wait, uh, I want to just interrupt just for a moment. Um, Cause I was having a hard time hearing some of that. Two things. One, there's a very, I, I know now and based on what Chanel was saying and what, uh, Reverend Dan was saying, and um, there was a very real difference between channeling and exorcism and, and uh, uh, possession. possession because right. I'm not correct. exhausted after channeling. I am starving, yeah. absolutely starving, I and I could eat a house. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so there and there I'm is starving. a very real difference because I mean, yeah. the amount of food I can put down is impressive. 
Okay. When, yeah. when I'm doing that, but, um, Reverend Dan, if you don't, if you don't mind, um, and I, I could be completely wrong, but I just want you to put this in the back of your mind for the case that you're talking about. There are three things that need to be checked for her. One is her blood sugar levels. You're going to notice if mm -hmm. she can keep track of that, or if her, her family can keep track of that, it will be when her blood sugar drops when she's most vulnerable. The other is her hormones. Her hormones are fluctuating. Yeah. So based okay. on, based on, yes, based on medicinal input and uh, to be blunt, the time of the month, um, that will absolutely dictate how easy she is to take over. The other mm -hmm. is the exceptional unhealed trauma that happened between the ages of 11 and 13. I was going to ask about psychological with. disorders. Like, mm -hmm. I was going to see, is she, she been seen by a psychiatrist? I not say anything about that, but I'm going to write that down and I'm going to ask her about it. You, you know, Chanel, the, the last show that you did on this, I, I, um, I took note of what you were saying about how this mimics schizophrenia. And, mm -hmm. and um, I think even on a show that I was on with um, uh, Phil and Ju Julia, we actually talked about this. One of my team members uh, came under attack and it was an it was an oppression and we actually it was so bad i i we went to the doctor and sh and she was diagnosed with schizophrenia mm -hmm. and when i asked the doctor i says well you know when when could we expect this to subside and the doctor says never she's going to have to be on medication for the rest of her life and it was at that point i got a priest an exorcist and a shaman involved and once we got rid of the entity she had a spontaneous remission and this was 10 years ago mm -hmm. and there has never been any symptoms since. Yeah. So <laughs> my opinion is for somebody who lived through this and saw this. And when I say she had all the symptoms of an obsession, including the smell of sewage throughout the room mm -hmm. and all of these classic signs that I never, I was always skeptical about until I saw it. Until I had this experience, I can now confidently say that I think a lot of people that are that are diagnosed with schizophrenia are actually going through some sort of spiritual oppression or possession. Um, yeah. I'm not saying yeah. in all cases, so please don't don't mean I'm saying that. But in my case, absolutely. And the medical profession will always by default they're always going to diagnose it as schizophrenia mm -hmm. or bipolar or something like that, because they can't say they can't give out, throw out the possibility of the supernatural. They just can't. Yeah, and I, I think I touched on that last week. You did. You um, did. Yeah. How like there. they're going to go right to that in, in our culture. But if you go to other parts of the world, Eastern cultures, people that we would diagnose with schizophrenia, they're going to review it like, they're, you know, they're going to be prophets. They're going to be people right. that are God's chosen ones. 100%. That's just, yeah, that's our American culture. Yeah. But I just, well, it's to also true to have that in the last show. Yeah. It's also, it's also, it's also not uncommon to have, well, it's not as common, but it's not uncommon to have, um, be diagnosed with schizophrenia and have a possession. That does that does happen. It, it it has been documented. It's not, it's not very common, but it's it, it does happen. I'm I'm sure it does. Um, yeah. Just in our case, that spontaneous remission after we got rid of the entity was yeah. so amazing. I mean, the doctor couldn't believe it. 
the doctor had no explanation for it. Yeah. And uh, but there's a lot the of, a lot of the exorcist knew exactly mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why that's why we have we have tests, you know, yeah. um, replacing water with holy water is one of them without the without the person knowing. Um, I mean, my friend, the shame, my, I'm, I'm going to bring up the shaman because this is like a totally non-Christian thing. So this kind of validates everything else. He was doing drumming to um, get rid of it, but the drumming was happening like five states away and she could hear it. And she oh, wow. was saying, mm-hmm. stop the drumming. It's driving me crazy. And he wasn't there. He was doing it remotely and she could hear it five states away and, and and she just would go stop the drumming stop things like that that she couldn't even possibly know was going on mm-hmm, that's one of them too it's i mean so how cool. can you discount that yep can't i mean come on if, yeah, if you're telling somebody the lottery the lottery numbers for you know the next lottery drawing and they're true you're either you're either a prophet which god will not do or something or you're uh, let's face it y'all for the i mean in the grand scheme of things, Marilyn Monroe could drop down from a supposed heaven and wiggles on somebody's face. And if they don't believe, they're not going to believe. That's just absolutely. Don't want to believe. Yeah. I right. agree. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and oh. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. And then, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Vanessa. Well, no, it's just, and I guess that's one of the reasons why over my many moons of doing this, the one thing that I said I was never going to do was try to convince a non-believer because I can't, I can't, you know, and I will never, yeah, I will never forget. I did a show years ago um, with Noreen Sampier-Balovich and I was reading pictures and I've told y'all this before. Um, Everyone that came through, I mean, I, I was I was viewing those pictures and telling them what I was getting from them. And then there was this one picture where this, per, you know, I got nothing. I got nothing from it. And mm-hmm. this person got so mad. Yeah. And, and I asked them right there, live show, I said, why do you care? Why do you care what my opinion is? I said, mm-hmm. you don't know me. I don't know you. I'm telling you what I see but I wasn't there and you were, and you took the picture and you had the experience. So do you care what I say? And it was just like crickets, you know? And I mean, that's kind of the stance that I've taken on it. I will tell my stories all day long. If you believe them or not, I don't care. (laughs) It's that simple. I've I've seen a lot to, to believe some of the stories. I mean, I, I, I'm sure everybody has, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. some of the things, some of the things I can't even explain myself and nobody can, you know, Reverend, I have a question for you. And I want you to think about the question. Has a blind person ever been possessed? Oh, good question. To my knowledge, I can't answer that. Cause I don't know. Um, you know, okay, you can't answer because you don't know, and that's a, that's a good that's a good answer. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because of this: the power of belief. You had said mm-hmm. that a person was possessed, and the Saint Benedict's she was able to 
throw them. My question is, and Chanel, you can chime in on this one because I want to know, has a deaf and blind or a blind person ever been possessed where a religious object is held to them and they had the same reaction to the religious object, not be able, not able to see it or hear what you are bringing to them to remove the entity? Because if we can do that, and if there is such a case, we can prove that these objects that we do use to remove certain entities is more than the power of suggestion, more than psychosomatic and the power of thought. It is what it is. Right. Chanel? Um, I don't know, because once again, I don't specialize in like exorcism. So like, you know, Reverend Todd, I can't say if anybody has ever been blind or deaf and has been possessed, but I do think that the power of suggestion and pareidolia hold a lot of value yes. in people that, you know, like think that they're possessed or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Because like how many times have we all gotten phone calls or something and it's like, Oh, there's something in my house. And it's like, yeah. but, but is it a raccoon in your attic? You yeah. know what I mean? Where they're just, mm -hmm. and especially when yeah. like Vanessa said, when you look at like trauma and recent trauma, um, things like that, like that can cause manifestations that can cause your mind to trick you. Our mind is such yeah. a powerful tool. And if we look at a mirror long enough and we think, oh, there's somebody standing behind me, your brain is going to actually make you see something standing behind you that's not there because of the power of suggestion. So when you look at blind and deaf people that can't see or can't hear, I mean, they might not be as prone to possession or as prone to thinking that they're possessed just because that whole, those variables are removed. You know, their, like their senses really are heightened with that, but it, I would say that going from what I've seen, I would say that whether they're open, um, how do I put this? Like they're an open door that I, that I can't tell you, but if a blind person or a deaf person miraculously can see or hear, right. I want to know why. Yeah, for because sure. That's what I was now, thinking actually. Yeah. And so Satan will give you gifts. He will pose as Jesus uh, uh, or God, and um, he will he will give you get the gift of sight, the gift of <laughs> you know whatever. You know he'll give you a million dollars. Look at um, Kenneth Copeland. I mean that guy. I, I've never met a more possessed. I've never seen a more possessed guy in my life. Okay, now going back to um, uh, the power of suggestion. And I'm going to mention this guy's name, Bob Larson. And I, I actually just realized this the other day watching a video um, exposing him. If you watch a Bob Larson exorcism, okay, and I say that loosely, listen to what he's saying, okay? When he'll be asking for a name. It'll say, it'll say Jezebel. And he'll start rattling off. You know, oh, you're this, you're, you did this, you did this, and then, or you're slithering like a snake, and then all of a sudden you'll see the person start slithering like a snake. You know, mm -hmm. so the power of suggestion is there. Do I use it? No, I don't. 
In fact, with, when when our client Saturday manifested, I just sat there. I sat there and let it go and to see how long it manifests to see what it would give us. And then that's and then after that is when I started asking questions. Well, you know, just because something happens in the mind doesn't mean it's not real. I mean, no. before this, before the paranormal, the word paranormal was coined, we called this psychic phenomena. This is what we right. called it. And why yeah. do we call it psychic phenomena? Because it happens in the mind. Now, when I say the mind, I'm not necessarily talking about the brain. I'm talking about consciousness. consciousness. And if you go, if you start, but you know, this is a slippery slope and it would take a whole show just to talk about this. But if you read Biocentrism by Dr. Robert Lanza, where he postulates that consciousness creates all reality, then honestly, your thoughts are physical things to an extent. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. can cause these phenomena, but it doesn't mean they're fake. It's still they still could be real. And when right. we we say go into an investigation with good intention, what's intention? That's just a thought. But you know that positive intention, that positive yeah. energy, those are real tangible things when it comes to the paranormal. Yeah, I mean you can go into investigation with anything, you know, good intentions and. Still end yeah. up with an attachment at the end. It's happened to me. Oh, I, I'm not mm -hmm. saying that that's what happened to us. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, there's two things that we kind of like ended the show with, too. Um, when, when someone is possessed, Phil asks, could it be a dimensional beings? Could it be, you know, something from a different, whole different Absolutely. It absolutely could. Yeah, I'm not because gonna discount until, it until, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, because you have you have to look at what we're looking at today, you know. I mean, the if you're gonna if if people bring religion into it, you know, and have to label certain things, not talking about you, Reverend Dan, please don't take offense or, or anybody, but when you bring religion into it and you have to put a certain viewpoint on it, the viewpoint that we have today isn't of the same person that they had when Jesus was around. They don't even look the same. It's not, right. it's what, what yeah. we know now to be Jesus is the Renaissance painted version. It isn't the same, you know? I mean, it's when you're, so none of us truly know, none of us. We are what we say, what we act like. None of us truly know until we pass what is going on when that light goes out. None of us. Mm -hmm. So could it yep. could could God be, you know, some some little dude on a planet, some boy stick like an Atari, just going to town? One hundred percent possibility. One hundred percent, absolutely. Because none of us know. Yeah. You mean like Lego that, Anybody that claims that they know for a fact, a they're delusional, and b they they really need to sit down and have a good think. Mm -hmm. I mean, I go, I go into every case Sorry. with an open mind. Just my opinion. Well, I, I go you into every to. case with an open mind, just because of what I've seen throughout my life. You know what I've what I've experienced. You know, you, you can't you can't go in one sided. You know, if if an alien can possess somebody, that's great. I hope I do the exorcism. You know, that'd be great because as it's coming out, I want to take that picture. Yeah. You know. I tell you what, I have actually man. seen a craft. <laughs> And it is not something I ever care to see again, because yeah. out of everything I've seen, 
And this is even something that I've even seen something others might consider to be demonic. I, I don't know. I know it wasn't human. I know it was the most vile thing I've ever seen. Even that didn't compare to the craft I saw wow. hovering a thousand feet above a house in Oklahoma. That was as big as a football field, but made no noise and shot yeah. straight up in the air. Never got bigger, never got smaller. And it, I was dry. I could see it a mile and a half in advance. My son was nine years old, saw it too. Wow. I can go all day long wow. and see that again. I wish I could see a mile and a half. <laughs> Hmm. That's crazy. And then, um, and then Phil did. You asked to Phil. Uh, do we do? Do you think that we're heading to the end of time? Was a question that you asked during, like, towards the very end of the show. Are we heading to the end of time? Uh, I think. That, well, kind of so. And, well, and I think that time time is like a human construct, right? And it's a social construct. So when you look at like the universe, time doesn't exist. So I think that that's like a subjective question. Like I think that each of us yeah. is going to come up with our own opinion, you know, based yeah. on, well, time yeah. could be, I, I could, I'm not going to say that because I don't want to manifest it, um, but something bad could happen and I could no longer be here shortly <laughs> you, know? Well, um, you know or when you look at like the world as a whole like from a christian lens they've yeah. been saying for and reverend you could probably answer this much better than i can but the last millennia well i guess two really since jesus passed away that um that the end of time is coming and it's coming soon but mm -hmm. here it is two thousand later two thousand years later and it's we're still here we're still here <laughs> Well, C.S. Lewis, well, the famous Christian uh, author, once said that, you know, um, you know, if you take a, a piece of paper and you and you draw a straight line, which represents time, God is the paper. So it's like there's, you know, God is everything. He's, he's time. He's the space. He's the universe. It's just all encompassing. So time would be an illusion, basically, is what he was saying. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i want to say um shout out to people in chat lena nicole um mary and i can't see that's the problem guys i can't see my eyes i'm like legally blonde marvelous so harry is there as well yes uh, Kassoon? Kassoon? <laughs> need to give them all a shout out phil what do you i mean Give me some questions. Well, no, the time thing, it was a prophetic thing of like Nostradamus predictions, um, what's happening in the world right now. I was I was going on that end of the world's chaos has never been as bad as it is and what we're starting to see. It's unfolding in front of us. And I guess that's where I was going, not time because time doesn't exist, but the timing of what we're living through is this where I, the predictions I, I don't actually think fall. That's true though, Bill. <laughs> yeah, the world, we've, we've been in this chaotic stance before in the world. Absolutely 100% we have. Uh, the only difference between today and times past is the fact that it's advertised. You know, not only do we know of our own grief and turmoil and, and chaos that we have in our own individual lives, but we know of it 
in other societies and in other parts of the world. So we are bombarded with it daily. It's less local. But there has mm-hmm. having traveled the world like I have and actually been immersed in the history, it's not it's not a lot different. I mean, all you have to do is go back to the t- to the time of the Crusades and see how horrible that was. You know, right, and right. But if you look at that, right, right. But if not really quick, what if I if you look at that, um, I got to jump in there on that because if you look at that, things that we're finding out that did exist and who believes in City of Atlantis and who doesn't, it's kind of like yes, everything did become extinct many times. And I guess the, uh, that's where I was going with that. Are we on the, the world? Everything has been extinct. Dinosaurs are extinct. The city of Atlantis doesn't even exist, but it does exist. And we're finding artifacts now um, that we can't even uh, understand. So are we in that cusp of mankind once again destroys itself and we go back again? Well, it's the thing is, and this is what's funny to put everything that you just said into perspective for anyone who is watching or listening, less than 8% of the living beings that have ever walked this earth, both animal and human, are alive today, which means that 92% of any living, breathing being no longer exists. If that doesn't put into perspective how finite our life is not infinite but finite if that doesn't put that into perspective i don't know what does do i believe that we are all heading for extinction as as a human race absolutely not do i believe times are a changing and that you better know a trade because we're going to go back to trading money will be a thing of the past in the future 100 uh, percent the term pagan technically means country dweller we were the ones that the churches could not tax because we had no monetary value that's where the world is going back to that's why it is important to get out from in front of these and learn how to do something learn how to create learn how to build learn how to do something because we as a society have jacked up so much that we have put ourselves on that brink and we will be going back. If not in my lifetime, in my grandchildren's lifetime, we will be going back to a society that lives community style where they're dependent on each other. I firmly (coughs) believe that we've done that amount of damage. Yeah. I can see that. Anybody have? I personally think that we're gonna. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that like humans, we're gonna be our worst, our own demise. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because like way back in the day, they had a lot of technology that we have, but they didn't have things like technology didn't get to the point of like the atomic bomb. At least not that we know of. Um, and when you look at the current political climate of what's going on within the world, and I'm not trying to make this po- look like political, but it's kind of really scary, you know, cause there's a lot of things that are going yes. on. And like, when we, when we look at yes, like Israel is. and all of that, my dad had said something to me a couple months ago, like 
and I don't even think it was a couple months ago. It was like maybe I'd say a month and a half ago, actually, about, oh, well, Israel just got bombed. And I was like, you know, by like the um, Islam or Hamas or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, so, you know, it's they're fighting a political war or a, a religious war that's been going on for a thousand plus years. And I wasn't really like shocked by it, but with what has happened within the last like two weeks, and ex this is exactly what Vanessa's talked about, that shock value, how something happens, we find out about it within seconds because mm -hmm. of media. And I was like, you know, just seeing everything and then hearing about like Russia and all these other things like, oh, maybe I do need that bunker underground. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I think we all need yeah. one of those. Yeah, computers exactly. are going to take over. Or we're all gonna. It's all gonna be like Terminator. Oh, oh, oh don't start oh, with no, the no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other show. A whole theory too. <laughs> I've already set it up with my son. When I hit that age, I'm gonna have my little arched cabin out on land somewhere that he owns, and he's just gonna plug my house into his house, and I'm gonna live off the land because I'm about <laughs> done with this. <laughs> Listen, that's what we had kids. I mean, they have to do something with us. Be that little old, scary, gray-haired, long-haired lady. I'm just trying to understand ghosts. That's all I care about right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess, guess what? We're all going to be one soon, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what we're all going to be. Good luck. Good luck. And because, like I said, the days are going by real fast. I'm telling you, they. It's going by real fast, and it's sad. It's sad. It is. It's sad. I mean, you look up, and it's like, you know, morning tonight, and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm going to be 60 in March. I said I'm more than halfway there. I got <laughs> You might as well enjoy the rest of your life, but let's do some pull-aways. What's Wait, that for? What? Let's do some plugaways, which means that each one of you, because we only have five minutes left to the show, each one of you talks about something you want to get across to people and where they can find you, uh, your niche in the paranormal community. Okay, I guess I'll go. So, Bobby Gallo, we'll start with you. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, my entire paranormal world can be found uh, at ghosthunter.ws, not .com www.ghosthunter.ws there you can see our web series uh there's links for our books um and everything else that we've ever done so um that's where people can go okay great thank you okay um chanel go ahead chanel yep i am if you want to find me i'm elite vixen paranormal on everything Google, Instagram, threads, YouTube, all of it. You just search Elite Vixen Paranormal, and that's where you'll see me. You'll see my team. Um, also, my thing that I love to do is I actually specialize in psychology in the field. So if you ever need like a psycho like a psychological input or whatever, like just contact me. I'd gladly do that for you. Very cool. Yes. Vanessa. <laughs> me? Okay. Okay. Real quick. Um, again, hi, Vanessa Hogle. It's just easier to Google Vanessa Hogle. Um, nine times out of 10, I'm on my Facebook page, but I have TikTok and Instagram as well. Um, watch out for November 11th. My uh, eighth book is coming out. It's called Born Wicked. And it is actually um, 
basically a Southern woman's guide to magic manifestation, <laughs> spell work, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, yeah. And uh, I talked to dead folk. So if you need one. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. I see dead people. Uh, my turn. All right. Um, well, my, my websites are kind of, I'm in the process of changing them over because um, I got hacked and everything was connected to my Facebook. So you can still find this on, on our websites, but I'm going to say contact me on Facebook, uh, Re Reverend Dan Todd, SOSM. Uh, or St. Benedict's Anglican Church, or New Jersey Ghost Detectives Order of Exorcist. Um, but if you're ha if you're having a demon, you feel you're having your and uh, if you feel you're having a demonic issue, and you're not in like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, Maryland, that area where I can't get to you, contact the Order of Exorcist at www.orderofexorcist.com, and one of our uh, teams that are global. We are we are a global organization. Um, we'll we'll get in touch with you and see what's going on. Thank you. Well, thank you so much again, um, Reverend Dan. Real quick, would you? Um, real quick, Reverend Dan, would you? Um, yeah. Please don't forget what I said. No, I have it written down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank hey, you. Thank you, everybody. Insight. Thank, yeah, thank you, everybody, for coming on tonight. Um, we appreciate it. It was no a fun show. Um, it was a nice closing to the two-part show. So thank you. Um, we have to have a special thank you to Carnation for fully sponsoring the show from day one. We love them. And join us next week on the United Public Radio Network on 105.3 and 107.7 FM from New Orleans. So thank you guys for joining us and thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody in chat. Have a great night and till next time. And with that closing, I just want to say one thing on the last two episodes of Horsefly Chronicles radio, each and every one of these guests are fabulous, intelligent, and definitely give a lot of insight and reach out to them. If you have to go to any one of their fields and guess what? Ghosts do exist. Have a great night, everyone. <laughs> There you go. God bless. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.